to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I am joined today by the podfather himself and the alleged inventor of all music, Thomas Griffin, <laughs> aka Grifter underscore TE on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. An absolute pleasure, man. Podfather, I'm into that. Yeah, well, I mean, you are, I've mentioned it a few times, but you are the reason why the pod sounds like it isn't produced in a basement somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. How long ago was that? That was like six or seven months now, maybe. Yeah, honestly, maybe even maybe even further because I released a few episodes and then you messaged me and were just like, "Hey, by the way, I do this for a living. I can send you a little template so it doesn't sound so awful." <laughs> In a nice way, of course. You didn't say that. Are you? Um, are you still using them? Oh yeah, I use that for this. I use that for technically professionals. I use that for everything I do, basically. Nice man. So I was just yeah. I was listening to it in my car and I was like, well, I can hear one person, but as soon as the engine revs, then the other person becomes completely inaudible. And then you turn mm-hmm. it up and then someone laughs and you like nearly busts out your speakers. So yeah. just need it leveling out. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for that. I it was something that I knew very well, honestly, I knew nothing about. Adobe Audition was completely out of my wheelhouse. And so I was just using Premiere for everything. So I've been learning Audition. I know a little bit now. I've gotten a little comfortable, but Thank you for that, that jump start. Pleasure, man. Glad I could be um, of use at such an early stage in the podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, 20% of all revenue will go to uh, Thomas. That's How the, much uh, you made so far? <laughs> I mean, let me see. I think I've made $100. Sick, man. 20 quid coming my way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just about 100 Nice. I might cut that out. Actually, I don't really care. People can know. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars in forty-eight episodes. The sponsors hit me up. Arank cannot giving you good stuff. What do you say? Arank cannot sorting you out. Um, it's like twelve fifty or twelve twenty-five per thousand plays right now. Is okay. the current is the current ad thing I'm doing? And I had one for a little bit. Um, like when when you first hit. A certain amount of plays on anchor they'll just they'll say hey here's our intro sponsor deal you know and it's like 10 bucks for a thousand plays but i wasn't getting i was getting like a hundred if that on an episode and it was a um it was like a timed thing so it, it had an expiration date and i made like four bucks off of it because i just didn't hit that at all and i had nothing for a while and then i just got this new one where they just didn't so for some reason I didn't apply for it. They just said, I clicked on the app one day and they're like, oh, here you go. In the money section, you can activate the ad. This is literally the same thing. Just make another recording. I was like, okay, cool. It's very robotic. Like I don't talk to a person at all. I just go yeah, on the yeah. app and I see yeah. this there. Yeah. You need to explain to them it's about the quality of your listener, not the quantity, because um, only cool dudes listen to this, don't they? Yeah, I, I, I've tried, you know, I've, I've hit some people up be like, listen, it's only cool people. They dress well. They're in shape. Like what demographic <laughs> I'm hitting the 18 to 24 demographic. Come on. What else do you want? <laughs> Multinational. Yeah, man. I mean, that seems pretty good to me if I was an advertiser, but whatever, it's fine. But anyway, this isn't a podcast about how much money I make. Um, sometimes it is, but not today. Uh, today I have Thomas on and we're going to be talking about trees and nylon going through a past, present and future progression with both of those. So the question the is, drill. oh yeah, hey, th- this is for the people who don't know. I say welcome back at the beginning because it sounds warm and inviting, but this is for people who don't know. So the question, Thomas, trees or nylon? 
What do we start I'll with? I'll go. I will go trees, please. Trees, please. All righty. Starting with trees. Tell me a little bit about how you started going outside, enjoying nature, or maybe not enjoying nature as a child. I did. I loved it. I don't think I knew that I was in nature, really. Mm-hmm. I think the place where I'm from is kind of between suburban and naturish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place called Chorley. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think your man Kean is from there, actually. You know, all terrain, 95 Kean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it spelled? Chorley, C H O R L E Y. Yeah. Brits and your weird names. Northwest of England. Mm-hmm. means on nice. the banks of the Chaw, which is the river that goes ah, through it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like a big town in Lancashire. Um, and yeah, everyone lives in kind of suburban houses, but as soon as you go playing outside, you are in nature. Like there's woods and there's rivers and there's streams and there's parks mm. and you're on the foothills of the Pennines, which are the, the spider mountains that runs down the centre of the country. So yeah, man, I mean... My child was playing outside, like getting up to no good outside. That's fun. That's a good way to live. That's how I lived as well. Except I didn't have that much nature. It was just neighborhoods, American neighborhoods, which just like have trees and stuff built into them instead of having to leave the neighborhood. You know, we have a little bit more space here for stuff like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah. well, there's there's plenty of space near us. I mean, you could go from being in a crowded like town center, bustling town center to being completely on your own and getting lost. And there was no like, mm-hmm. didn't feel reeled in by parental um, constraints. You could go and play in the woods at 10 years old and not mm-hmm. worry about getting murdered and that. Um, so oh, it's always, always fun to be had. Yeah. Setting that's things good, on fire good. and air rifles and stuff like that. It was uh, it's that kind of relationship with nature where you kind of, just free in it so you just yeah. live out live out your, your childhood uh wants i mean that's beautiful appreciating nature just as a place where you can be free not not so much as like oh i can get like a sick fit here like look at this look at the look at the picture look how many likes i can get on instagram it's more just like yeah i can kind of do whatever i want set something on fire like go to a tree make like a little spear <laughs> i do that all the time and uh one of my neighbor's backyards there was a small Valley is too much of a stretch. It was a, it was a, it was a very, very, very small valley that had a creek running at the bottom. And we would go into my neighbor's backyard and just like go find all of the like fallen branches and trees and stuff, and carve spears and try to like throw them into uh into like mounds of like dirt or something. It was good. It's good time. Nice, nice. Yeah. Sounds idyllic. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Did you ever um? Did you have a tree house when you were young? No, I didn't. I didn't have a tree house. My, I feel like uh, that's a, a latent hmm. dream in all of us to kind of have our yeah. own treetop den. Like I've never, I've never done it myself, but I do fancy it at some point in my life. I think that's like been embedded since early, early doors. Like den building was a mm-hmm. massive, massive part <laughs> of my life when I was sub 10. Um, yeah. and, and tree houses were always the, the kind of like the posh version of a den. Yeah, my... um. My best friends growing up in their backyard, they had a small part of their yard that wasn't landscaped, that was just wooded. And there are a few trees and one day, not one day, it took a while, but their dad just bought a bunch of wood, sorry, and built not really a tree house, but more like a little tree base where there was a few different levels to it and there were stairs and it was really 
jank. It was breaking all the OSHA codes in the world. If you know what OSHA is, like work workplace safety. Okay. It, was, it, it would not. It would not have passed an inspection. But it was just basically pieces of wood connecting trees together, and they had like a swing going across them, and it was very. It was really cool. Not Dude, a treehouse exactly, but it was super cool. It was like Peter Pan. That would have passed for a treehouse in my book. Fucking hell, oh, yeah. it's like, if it's got multi-levels and swings, oh, yeah. that's like, you, you want it to be janky as well. That's the treehouse yeah. aesthetic, isn't it? Like Absolutely. it's too like modernist. It's not quite a treehouse. It's got to be, mm. have a certain level of threat to it, I think. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There needs to be a risk of falling and you get the adrenaline going. Did you ever go, were there outings where you would go into, I don't know, Peak District? That's pretty close, right? Yeah, man, I never went Yorkshire there, Dales actually. Like, You've never been? Still haven't been there? No, I've been there loads now, okay, like, but okay. I never went when I was little. It was always, um, there's tons of reservoirs and like pikes around us. So it was always like outings towards there. I think we went up to, Lake District was the local mountain spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were looking for a big, big day out. So I went up a bunch of like fells and big hills when I was little with mum and dad. Um I used to be in cubs as well when I was real little mm. and beavers and scouts. Mm. I don't know if you've got exactly those or equivalents where you are, but that was, we didn't really do much going outdoors. We just like played football in a tiny little social club um, top room, but we looked at pictures of outdoors and, stuff <laughs> and went on, went on a couple of cub camps. So they were, they were kind of early um, foray into proper outdoorsness. Nice, nice. Yeah, we have we have Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts where I'm from. Or I guess you now it's called Scouts. No, I did I did Cub Scouts in oh man, elementary school, which for me was like five to seven twelve or something. Or eight. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well that, that was just when I that's just when I did it. Elementary school goes until you're like eleven or twelve, yeah. And then into middle school and high school. But um I just did Cub Scouts. I wasn't a super big fan of it. It was kind of boring. I didn't really enjoy it. My dad really wanted me to do it. And then after Cub Scouts is Boy Scouts, and that's when you start going on all the camping trips and you start doing survivalist activities and rafting tours and all that. And I just had pulled out by then. My dad regrets it and he even will say to me now. I really wish you'd stuck with it just a little bit longer because we could have had all these camping experiences. And now I go home and I say, Hey dad, can I borrow a tent and can I borrow a sleeping pad and all that? And he's like, damn. Oh, what's in my name, but whatever. He's like, all right, leave that out. Like, yeah. It's all good. It's highly edited. He's oh. like, damn, I, I just really wish we'd what's done that sooner. What'd you say? I don't know, man. It's so hard to be in like, what's the, what's the conception of it in America? Cause like it's super nerdy where I'm come from. It's like, yeah. You weren't cool if you were in the Cubs and Scouts. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like forced to go into it. I did like it when I was there, but like having to then be at school or go out on a walking day in your Cub Scout uniform on a Saturday, that is like anathema. <laughs> you get absolutely taken to pieces for that. Yeah, I think it's definitely not a cool thing to do. But I don't know. They kind of they kind of exist in their own little sphere. I mean, if you're if you're normal about it, I know a lot of people who I didn't even know were in Boy Scouts until they got their Eagle Scout, which is like when you graduate and you do your project and you've gotten your patches and all that, um, you become an Eagle Scout and that's like your graduation basically. And I know I've been to a few ceremonies where I had no idea they were even in Scouts until then. Mm-hmm. So you can still you can still hide it and you can still be cool, but I don't know. It does have a stigma for sure. Yeah, if just a babysitting service in Chorley, really. Like, everyone yeah. just paid 50p subs and dropped the kids off for a couple of hours on Friday nights. So 
they could go to the pub I think but it's cool I, there was, what I liked about it is there was a real mix of ages in it like as soon as you got into scouts mm. you were hanging out with kids that were like five years older than you that you'd never hang out with in school yeah. and uh, I, I think I formed some very good friendships like intra uh, not generational well it probably is generational at that age mm. isn't it four or five years is almost like next generation but hanging out yeah. with older lads in there and getting their kind of take on life it's good, good crack. Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, I didn't experience it, but I, I hung out with people that were my age. So let's move on now to your present with going outside. You're a little bit of an outdoorsman these days. Yeah. yeah. What's the schedule yeah. like? Where have you been recently? Massive and varied, man. Like I've been, um, I've been camping's a massive part of my life still. Has been for like the last. Well, forever, really. Like mm-hmm. I used to go on camping holidays when I was really little, but um, yeah, for the last maybe ten or twelve years, I've been going out on my own. Been going out wild camping, solo wild camping, mm. um, and loving it. I've got a, an inordinate number of tents, which I need to downsize at some point. Um, so yeah, I think 20, 2016 was when I started doing it properly, properly. I think that was the first time I ever went out and stayed a night on my own um, and thought, this is what weirdos do, isn't it? This is a strange, strange thing to do, going camping a hammock on your own in the woods. and um, Hammock camping? Well, Good man. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm into all, camping in all its forms. Very mm-hmm. into glamping as well. I like a oh, very yeah. lux- I mean, luxuriant camp. Mm-hmm. Um I've got a massive teepee tent with a wood burner in it, so I can do the, the whole glamp hot camp setup, but then a rugged kind of hammock version as well is it's a nice foil to it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a, a bougie tent, but I do enjoy a nice car camping session every once in a while where you don't have to worry about how much you're bringing because you're all just you're keeping it in the car the whole time, so you can just pack as much as you want. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Have, have you ever had um Have you ever had one with a wood burner in it? Like okay. a, a proper stove inside your tent. Inside my tent? Yeah. No. Well, that's what mine's got. It's like got a chimney that's up crazy. the middle of it. It's yeah. sick, man. It's so good. You can do it in all weathers and it's super, super cozy. Highly recommended. Have you never seen that? Um, I've seen it. Is it Snow Peak? It seems like something Snow Peak would make. I don't think they've got one with a chimney. Um, what do you call it? A cowl at the top where you can stick a chimney out of. I've mine's by a company called Robins, who I think Swedish, uh, but Nordisk do them and a bunch of other kind of big tent. Yeah, mine's the Robins Klondike Massive XL. Can't remember what it's called. Wow, I'm seeing a lot for the Megahorn TP. <laughs> Megahorn. Yeah, Megahorn. The Megahorn XL. That's that's that sounds kinky. I looked up TP with Woodburn. That's the first thing that came up. I'll Google Megahorn later on private yeah. mode. Incognito, yeah, for sure. Nice man, nice. But yeah, yeah well, camp, camping's you... a big, big thing for me. I've um, I've got I've got a kind of fast and light set up and um, done a few mm-hmm. multi day things. Done a few. I I love the idea of camping on islands. So I've done quite a few mm-hmm. of them in the last um, few years. Been up to a Scottish island called Egg. Spell E I G G. Mm-hmm. If you want to do your customary, customary Google. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I went up there with my girlfriend for maybe four, four nights. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
and that was dead dead good pump it you have to take mm. stuff to kind of pump your own water and oh and nice. think about things a little bit more survivalistically if you mm. will yeah um yeah been on a, there's there's one up near off the coast of the lake district called peel island um which i spent a few days on which is a mint mint trip if anyone's looking for island inspo um it's got a king of the island. there's about four people that live on it and one of them is the king of the island and they kind of own the pub that's on it and there's nothing else other than the pub and you get taken across on a boat and just camp wherever you want on the island it's um i don't know i, th- I feel like that's another of those hangovers from what you conceive as an adventure as a kid mm-hmm. like going and camping on an island is yeah that's it's cool. kind of one of those british islands though isn't it where it's you know rocky shores let me look this up egg Rocky Shores, Rolling Hills, is that the vibe? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're all quite different. Um, Egg's uh-huh. pretty rugged and Scottish and like hilly. There's big, I won't say mountainous peaks, but there's big fucking eagles on there. Like, that's mm. pretty cool. Like sea eagles and golden eagles and stuff that like that. Cool. So I didn't get to see one when I was there. I feel like that would be um, a massive coup if I saw a huge bird of prey up there. So I'll have to save that for a future trip. Absolutely. Yeah. When I think islands, obviously I think of like tropical islands. That's me though. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind hammock camping on one of them, but. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. You said you wouldn't mind. No, I I wouldn't mind mind either. Except for the bugs, all the mosquitoes. Yeah. Camping's not very pleasant when it's boiling either, is it? Mm -hmm. I think like it's, um, you have to get up at about half past four in the morning if you don't want to boil alive, if you're camping in anything above like 25 Celsius. what's that the fahrenheit fairly hot you're kidding you're lying right now well it's all right but you have to get up early don't you <laughs> You have to get up early for that my man you don't want to be you don't want to be my lying man. in your tent at 25 celsius no 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 no. you don't want to be lying in your tent at 25 I, I will agree with that but this this number you just read to me is like a cool day for me yeah yeah that's crazy that's tops off around here yeah. Anyway, I always get a kick out of that. I it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite of I don't know if they exist where you live, but there's people that live in the United States where, you know, they live up north. And whenever uh, I'll keep the conversion up for you for your um ease of access to this information. When it gets to like, I don't know, negative one Celsius or even like ten Celsius, which is pretty cold where I'm where I live. Yeah. Um these these people, these people who are from the north will say, well, you know where I'm from? This is actually pretty warm. This is actually a pretty yeah. warm day for me. And I feel like I, I really don't like those people. I don't like that that mindset. And I'm doing the exact <laughs> opposite where I'm saying, well, actually, that's pretty cool for me. 70, 77 Fahrenheit. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, but it is. And yeah, it's always funny to hear everyone just like complain about temperatures that are like a nice spring day to me yeah yeah no i love it obviously it's lovely but you know you have to get up and get out your tent early alive in there i think my formative camping experiences were probably kind of festival camping where you'd be Mm -hmm. up late at night and then you want to have a little lion in the morning because you were levered from the night before yeah and just being this horrible sticky smelly tent hung over as hell like (laughs) 30 celsius baking and uh, Uh having to drag your shitty sleeping outside and continue your sleep out there yeah 
Uh, honestly, uh, where where I go camping, um, the places that it has been hot, I've been in the hammock, so that's the first thing. So I don't like get too hot. And then when I do sleep in a tent, it's usually shaded and covered, so it doesn't it doesn't get too hot. And the one place I did experience that was when I was in the UK for the uh, the first camp. I was oh, sleeping I... in a tent with Jamie. Shout out Mad mm-hmm. Mountain Man on Instagram for letting me sleep in his tent with him. And, and also giving me all the camping gear because I didn't want to lug that across into the plane and all that. And uh, I woke up one morning and I was just boiling alive. Like, oh my God, this is the hottest day I've ever experienced here. And I opened the tent door and it's just like a rush of cold air. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Beautiful, this is wonderful. Man. But inside that tent, it was just, it was cooking me. So Sweet relief. I have experienced it, but not over here. Because I don't, I don't, I don't like uh, tent camping over here either. I enjoy hammock camping a lot more. It's great, isn't it, man? I remember yeah. the first time I did that. It was one of the worst nights sleep I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. But I think I've acclimatized thoroughly now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's little tricks you learn about sleeping diagonally and how to position your sleeping pad and all that. Especially if you have a Hennessy hammock or something that has little tethers you can put into the ground to make it the right format. I mean, I don't, yeah. but you can make it easy. And then once you get used to it, best night of sleep ever. I can't do. It. I don't. I don't find it the best night's sleep ever. Really? Still, it's still a bit of a battle. Like, I'm. Um, I don't do. I don't do the crossways thing. I've tried mm. it and failed. I just feel lopsided. Mm. I'm a. I'm a. Exclusively a back sleeper though, so I kind of like oh, really? sleep in the, um, like a like a Egyptian mummy in a sarcophagus <laughs> with my hands folded across my chest. <laughs> exactly that man. That's how I nap. If I have a ten minute power nap, I'm going into sarcophagus mode. Really. Um, yeah, like the Undertaker off wrestling. <laughs> I've found that um, for me personally, that position makes me feel like I'm going into surgery, like sleeping, <laughs> like one pillow under your head, just like completely, completely back, completely flat. I feel like I'm going to surgery, and it might be because I have had a lot of surgeries that is just like a little traumatizing. But I can fall okay. asleep real quick like that. But yeah. it's just like it's unnerving. But I can't fall asleep <laughs> quickly. But I'm a side sleeper normally. I've never been cat scanned, so I'll um, I'll try and avoid them. Then I can sleep yeah, in my yeah, preferred yeah. position. Just don't need like, just don't tell your ACL. Don't get in like a car crash. Um, don't tell your ACL again. Is this a your litany of disasters here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few, but yeah, just don't do any of those things. Shit, sounds traumatic, mate. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, let's move on to the future. I guess, unless you have anything else you want to say about the present right now with your camping experiences. I've got like a million things to mention, but <laughs> I know uh, time's of the essence. So like no, I, I do cares? I do a million different sports, man. Like oh, yeah. climb, climbing's been a massive, massive part of my life for the last like 15 years. Um, 15, wow. Cycling, hiking, like I kind of do everything to a pretty rudimentary level. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I've been... I've been yeah, and I know that's often used kind of, um, you know, you know, not disparagingly, but I think it's, I think having multiple interests kind of leads to more exciting opportunities. I've um, I've been on a bunch of hiking holidays recently, and I've been on a drive. I've had a driving ban like um, for the last six months, which has sucked mm. balls. But I've uh, <laughs> I might, I've kind of turned it around to my advantage and, and tried to get away a little bit more and done some holidays things i had a dolomitic um adventure in italy like very recently which was fucking ace 
um, doing Via Ferrata. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's A-R-T-A. like Via um, Ferrata. I think it means oh, way, way of the iron or something like that, like ferrous rods, Via Ferrata. Mm. So you're kind of going through massive, terrifyingly high mountains and clipping in with a harness around your waist and uh, doing things that you wouldn't do without being clipped in, which is very thrilling and frankly fucking terrifying at the same time. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah that, is, that was that, yeah, that good. That is pretty crazy. Um, I'm looking at pictures now. I was wondering when I saw that picture on your um, actual post of you just climbing, because I saw you had the helmet on and I saw you were also clipped onto something. I said, is he, is this, it doesn't look like rock climbing. It looks yeah. like really intense hiking. Yeah, it is basically. I mean, I've, I've climbed for a long time and there's no moves on it that are even approaching like, you know, the easiest move at a climbing wall. Yeah. It's a piece of piss. But when you get at altitude, your head just goes and you're like, you find yourself kind of stooped, like mm-hmm. keeping close to the floor and just dealing with that headspace of being so far up and the exposure just, yeah kind of renders you uh, jelly-like or it did to me anyway yeah i went i did something similar but not similar um <laughs> if you look up beehive trail in acadia national park it is um less safe than what you're suggesting or what you just did um it's a it's a there's two trails in acadia which is up in maine in the northeast where you basically just walk along the edge of a cliff for a lot of it and then you climb up ladders and stuff on a cliff with no protection at all and one of them is called precipice trail that one was closed because it was raining and then so we went on beehive and it was still a lot i think i would go again i don't think my fiance would go again because it was a bit much especially because it was foggy so we couldn't really see much and i i have a feeling that if i could actually see how high up we were Maybe I would have been a little more scared without any safety harnesses, but it was a it was a really cool time. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's the exposure that does you. Like mm-hmm. it's um I could have done it with my eyes closed almost literally. But <laughs> as soon as you open into drinking the breathtaking views, you become yeah, paralyzed by it's pretty it's a pretty natural thing to be terrified of, isn't it? Being up high. Like the oh, threat yeah. is is very That's what real. They say. The two things that babies are afraid of are heights and loud noises. I'm pretty sure. Is that right? Mad. Sure. There's only there's only two like natural fears. I'd uh, I'd like to see the experiment where they take <laughs> babies to massive peaks and yeah, sim- simber them off the edge. <laughs> Simba, yeah, that that's how they figured it out. The only two things they're really <laughs> naturally afraid of are falling and loud sounds. So they just they tested them all though. They had to test all the all the fears on people. <laughs> well, I'm gonna There's look up the experiments after. Baby traumatization progress. Yeah, you struggle to get the clearance for that these days, I think, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely done when like Coke was still legal in the United States. <laughs> Have you seen that one where they dangle babies off like a, a walking stick to tres- test their grip strength? Like they can pretty much hold themselves up as soon as they come out of the womb. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I've heard that. Insane. I've heard that yeah. babies can do that, but I haven't seen the experiments for it. Yeah, look it up, man. It's like old Pathé footage, super grainy, black and white, and they've just got like four babies dangling off a walking <laughs> stick. It's fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, impossible these days to do anything involving dangling babies <laughs> off. <laughs> 
See, look it up in your own time, man. No, yeah, we'll I don't, I don't know watching if videos. Be oh, good. I'll, oh, good, I'll oh, link good. you up later. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your presence, since you since you do so many sports and you've been on so many hikes, right, Thomas? Yeah, man. Yeah, fuck it. Actually, loads, man. I'm not like blowing my own trumpet. I actually, <laughs> I've recently. It's been a it's been a busy outdoor year for me. Um, I've recently come back from a cycling trip, uh, mm-hmm. which was ace. I've done a few kind of like multi-day cycling trips over the past seven or eight years. Uh, but the most recent one was Denmark, which was great. My mate Rennie lives in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a couple of days in the city there and then took bikes, rented bikes and took them all the way to the very north of the like the northmost tip of Denmark mm-hmm. um, called Skagen, which is an incredible place, man. You know the Baltic Sea? Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, infamously cold. We had a dip in there. It was much less nice. cold than its reputation would have you believe. Um, but yeah, is Copenhagen, to- is Copenhagen the city where you can just jump in the water? Like It's, it's so good, man. The, the sounds, like they're not rivers that go through, but it's on like a number mm. of different islands. So they've got like these like saltwater sounds with... Um, like swimming like a swimming bath but in fresh in salt water so yeah uh stuff to jump off and like amazing facilities fresh water showers to get out of it's brilliant to swimming because there's no waves but it's salty water so you feel like a boss swimmer even if you're pretty <laughs> terrible you just float on top of it and uh yeah stunning city dude if you ever get a chance i'd say it's the best dressed city i've ever been to bar none really like, yeah man really? dripped out over there they're a handsome bunch of bastards anyway the danish all tall and gorgeous so um, yeah, it doesn't take much to make them look cool, but they are. Huh. Copenhagen. Does Copenhagen have a fashion week? Uh, I'm not sure, man. It wasn't fashion oh. week when we were there, but I'd be surprised if it doesn't. It's super cool. Um, but that was a bus no, trip. Yeah. We, is uh, we, it cool by, is it cool by group course standards or is it cool by normal people's standards? More like Scandi minimalist standards. Okay. Um, okay. yeah, I don't, it was quite warm when we were there, so you don't, You'd really get the mm. same kind of insight into the the goat levels, but it yeah, was yeah. a very cool city. I'd um, I back my opinion on that. Like I've heard other people that are much cooler than me saying it's a cool city as well. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna express that opinion. Alrighty, well, let's move on to the future. Tell me, you've done all these trips. You've been to Copenhagen. You've been to the other place, the Dolomites. What's yeah. next? What's next on the list? Well, I'm skint now because I've been on so many holidays and I've got to mm-hmm. get my head down and get some work done. So um, hibernate for the winter, stack some peas. And then uh, I've bought a sup recently, which I've been out on. Um, mm-hmm. I went went on a climbing holiday to Mallorca a few years back doing deep water soloing and uh, hated it. It's fucking terrifying, but fell in love with stand-up paddleboarding. So I've just got mm-hmm. one of them. I've been out maybe three or four times now just on the rivers around here and I kind of fancy doing an island based adventure on that, you know, stashing all your stuff yeah. on the front of it, yeah. paddling to an island in the middle of a lake. There's a bunch of them in Scotland mm-hmm. and in the Lake District actually and spending a night like wild camping on there. So that's um, that's something that's been a pipe dream for a while and I'm going to make it a reality in the not too distant future. That sounds awesome. But yeah, I, I honestly prefer for kayaking to stand up paddleboarding that's just me but i i have done a fair bit amount of stand up paddleboarding in the area and those kind of trips of what's it called portaging is that is that correct where you put everything on the back of a 
Hi, okay. can you, or I've can not you heard know? that before, but it kind of makes yeah. sense. It's thoroughly 2022 way of getting about on the water, supping, isn't it? Like, I've not seen sups for until maybe two or three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. They were really big at like in beach areas here. Yeah. I remember seeing Orlando Bloom uh, on the back of a sup with his dick out and Katy Perry on the front of it in the newspapers about 15 years ago. Do you remember that? No, I don't at all. Google that, man. (laughs) Handsome penis on him as well, old Bloom. (laughs) Make sure you get the uncensored version. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to find it. I'll have to look up. Yeah, he he was supping. um, And then I feel like it dropped out of the nation's kind of psyche until two or three years ago when everyone got a, a... and you found lust for the exploration and the outdoors. Oh, is he there? <laughs> Have you got a picture oh, of him? Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, that was my first experience of supping. So I always thought of it as a very erotic way to get about. Interesting. The second thing that pops up when you look that up says, Orlando Bloom says his penis isn't really that big after those paddleboard <laughs> picks. It's bigger than mine, man. Yeah, everyone, every article is just saying, look how big his dick is. Well, what do you that think? Is strange. Um, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. It's, de- it's decent. Very decent. It's in good nick as well. Looks uh, tanned. Oh, yeah. He's looking, he's looking fit. <laughs> he could work, he could, he could hit legs a little bit more, but uh, upper body's looking good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Very Hollywood sure. bodybuild. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely Hollywood. <laughs> Stand up paddleboarding, going around some islands. Uh, anywhere else? Long term. Yeah, this, is, this, like, isn't, this isn't short term. Long term. What are we thinking? The Dolomite trip really. Um, I've been skiing a bunch of times when I was little. I went on a few mm-hmm. skiing school trips. So I'd really like to do that again, but I've never been to anywhere alpine in the summer months until this recent Italian jaunt mm-hmm. to the Dolomites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's really, really whetted my appetite to do more of that kind of thing. Um, multi-day treks through some Alps would be amazing. Staying in the um, refugios, which are like the mountain kind of hostels, if you will, where you get a nice evening meal and a bunch of booze. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I am keen for that. Very, very keen. So, I, do you know what I've always fancied as well? The uh, the Black Forest in Germany. Have you ever uh, seen pictures of that? Yes, yes. It looks awesome. Total so cool. kind of fairy tale vibe. Everything's yes. lush and green and verdant. and um, yeah, for real. That's it. That's the one. So a camping trip to there, doing a kind of like backpack trip in the summery months, I'd, I'd very, very much be into. That's nice. Anywhere not Europe-based. This is, of course, this is I've big, had, big yeah, trips. I've not, hardly been out of Europe, man. Like I've, mm. um, I went to Florida when I was really little. My grandma had a bunch of money she wanted to get rid of before she died so she took it all to florida um, so <laughs> that was uh, that's my experience of um of the americas at the moment whereabouts uh, are you specifically I'm sorry. i live right above florida but it's completely yeah. different like there is the way that we break it down on this coast is there's the there's the east coast so there's the northeast and that's like all of the you know new england lots of history new york is there kind of separating that but it's like you know boston's there philadelphia maine just it's got its own vibe and then you go down to the southeast where i'm at and that's yeah. um you know southern hospitality southern accents plantations we own slaves at one point 
Oh, I'm not yeah. laughing at that. That's awful. No, not, not at that. But you know, that's that's just kind of the vibe. That's like Southeast. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, people who. Um, what's a good way to put this? Are racist? Yeah. Um, about those kind of things, uh, but it's whatever. We won't get too much into politics. I've done that many times before. I noticed um, um, a note of disparagement when you heard when when I mentioned Florida there in your voice. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing with Florida. Let me get to that. Florida's its own deal. Florida, even though they are technically in the Southeast, they're their own thing because the state is full of old people and alligators <laughs> and just like the most wild characters you'll ever meet. Both my grandparents lived in Florida uh, for my entire childhood. So we would go down there, but it wasn't like the really nice. We weren't going to Orlando. We weren't going to um i don't know anywhere else that's nice in florida there's a there's a few beaches there that are you know bougie and uppity and people enjoy going to them i wasn't going to those i was going to real florida where people were doing meth and that's where like the florida man stories come from is where i was going so i uh i don't have very fond memories of florida but i just recently went to disney with my fiance and that was a lot of fun disney's disney's a good time but also it's kind of like their own thing it's not actually florida really what a, what a mad mad place to have at the South of America, man! It's just insane, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, I can imagine it's very different from the real Florida. Um, oh, yeah, no, I can't. It's not, no, is it that? <laughs> yeah. no? Well, there's it's no one doing method, isn't it? It's not even. It's not even Florida, honestly. They had their own um, tax haven for a long time until Florida. They were like their own state. All of Disney was kind of its own. Not not really, but they had their own county in Florida. Um, that was all of Disney. And then they passed this bill in Florida about, um, discriminating against gay people and how it's okay to do that. And then Disney said, we don't like that. And so the governor said, okay, we're going to take away all of your tax stuff now because you are okay with gay people. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That's Florida. (laughs) That's, that's Florida. I remember there was a song by, um, song by an artist called florida without wanting to sound completely um there you got it penis florida obsessed at the wine. moment uh <laughs> it was a song called florida's shaped like a big floppy dick for a reason um that was the name of the song yeah i don't that I, I, is I, such a long song title i know i know it was like kind of like gabba tune by an artist on wrong music it was yeah a pretty I'm, i'd be surprised if it's on spotify actually but i'll dig it out from somewhere and send it to you yeah thanks man um, I think it probably says a lot, like a big kind of... In fact, I'm just going to drop the penis metaphors for now and move on. (laughs) This is the penis pod. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my conception of America. So I would definitely like to explore somewhere that isn't Florida at some point. Um, Please do. Come one state up. Come to Georgia. I'll show you around. We'll get some good food. We'll go on some good hikes. Is that you, Georgia? Yep, that's me. Right above Florida. Literally. But I live kind of in the north. Not truly north i live in like the mid north of georgia right above atlanta basically hip-hop royalty man ludicrous hometown in it yeah yeah that's the thing too is that everyone says they're from atlanta when they say they're from georgia because basically everything south of atlanta is farms and then everything north of atlanta is like appalachian mountain like mountain town hillbillies and then there's just like a strip in atlanta of people who are um say they're from atlanta so i live like 40 minutes away but when people ask i say i'm just from atlanta because it's easier to say that 
Yeah. I'll come and see the uh, the rural part of it anyway. But yeah, Joe, Outland sounds cool, man. There's um, storied musical history from there. It's storied. It? I don't know if it's cool. I I, I haven't seen any. Cool. Definitely cool, man. Outcasts are from there, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, but uh, what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. I just it's definitely a cool place. Sure. Just take it, man. Take, you'll take have, it as you'll a compliment. Have to show me. You'll have to show me the cool parts because I, I've yet to find them. But anyway, uh, enough about that. Yes, please come here. Go to go to the Pacific Northwest. That should be on the list. I mean, that's two trips though. You gotta do you gotta do both. You gotta do yeah. East Coast and West Coast, I think. Yeah. And then maybe one in the middle. South America looks cool as fuck as well. Mm. Like we I once got invited to do um a massive trek in Patagonia um oh, through my no. pod podcasting exploits well no we mm. said yes please 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 take us and then they didn't get back to us again after that so um i didn't really realize i didn't even know it was a place to be honest i just thought it was a brand and then <laughs> i took pictures of it on the internet i was like shit it looks like the badge it man it's like so it's cool. so beautiful the um, crystal like the the crazy blue lakes with the giant mountains and the glaciers in the background for real it, it looks just absolutely stunning yeah, put that on the tick list. Yes, sir. Uh, cool. Well, I guess we're all good to go move on to Nylon now, yeah? Yeah, let's do it, dude. Yeah, sweet. Tell me a little bit about how you got started getting dressed, putting on some fits, the gram, or just in general. Um, I think school was... I thought a lot about what I wore when I was at school, but only mm. in so much as like, initially wanting to fit in you know what coat you had on the playground was a massive massive deal and i paid a lot of attention to what other people were wearing i've still got a kind of photographic memory of what coats everyone had in yeah year 11 and 12 and, and what they <laughs> meant like and what shoes people wore there were like a kind of hierarchy of what was and wasn't wasn't acceptable shoes mm -hmm. to wear for school you know if you had kickers or you had a lessie or you had pod you were kind of you were accepted but if you had clarks that was a bit too kind of bougie you get um you know you, you wouldn't be allowed to play footy properly and then and then people had cheap cheap shoes from like the knockoff places in town that, and i think that those experiences of fashion at a very early age kind of made me care about it just from wanting to fit in and mm. um and then as I got a little bit older at school I suppose I got into music a lot and took a lot of kind of influences from the, like hip-hop and the metal bands and the rock bands that I was listening to and they were kind of my fashion inspos like this is pre-internet man like I'm I'm hella old so um it was all like looking at magazines and and seeing what the people that were making the music that you liked were wearing and then trying to emulate that without knowing where to buy it. So, mm. um, yeah. And I guess yeah. I was a big, I was big into skating as well when I was like 11 and 12 rollerblading rather than skate, um, roll, what do you call it? Skateboarding. So yeah. I think that informed a lot of my high school fashion choices, like super heavy jeans. Um, I was buying, I, initially started just wearing your dad's jeans like with a tight belt but then yeah as soon as you could kind of get out to manchester or preston or the cities around us to buy stuff you'd go and kind of go to a skate shop and buy some um massively baggy jeans and yeah that was that was my look at high school 
Well, it sounds like, you know, hip hop skating, you had all of the, all of the prerequisites to start dressing really cool. So why'd you start dressing like a guy who goes outside? Like, what, what, what started that? Mate, like, I don't know. I, when I got into climbing, like, huh. um, when I was kind of 20, 21, something like that, mm. I wanted to dress like I wasn't climbing because climbers look like shit. Like they all wore jeans, tight um, jeans. That's what, I, that's what we have over here. What the clats, what the climbers were. Uh, well, it was always a joke. Honestly, when I was in college, they have a little climbing gym in the actual like gymnasium. Yeah. And we'd see the climbers go in. There was always a joke. Like, oh dude, I can't climb. I forgot my jeans today. Forgot <laughs> my jeans and my chacos. It was always a joke to me because I just didn't have any drip. Yeah. Well, that was, that was pe- people that wore like colorful climbing pants back in the day. I I hated that man. I hated yeah. the colorful pants. You look like a kids' TV presenter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I wore jeans. Jeans are a great thing to climb in, man. They're super sturdy. Like if you go climbing in trackies or something like that, you're gonna bust the hole in them first uh-huh. session. So you got to have something that's high wearing. Jeans are decent. Um, skinny jeans were cool. Like there's no two ways about it. When I first started climbing, that was that was it. That was the look. Like, um, you got to historicize these things a little bit. I think like I won't wear them today because they yeah. are re- restrictive. Um, but yeah, on, what? on the penis, on the crotch. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> no, you got to keep it gusseted these days. Um, I suppose a lot of climbing companies sold jeans back then that had a kind of Grimici style, um, gusseted crotch to allow for a bit of movement, movement. but mobility. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Dressing out, like, I, I got a lot of things that would probably be considered quite cool today when they weren't cool, they were pure function. Like, I've had a rab um, jacket, down jacket patched up for like 15, 16 years now, and it's still got the same piece of duct tape <laughs> where I burnt a hole in it on the first session, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like, out in it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I can't put my finger on when I got into outdoor clothing. I think I was wearing it mm. functionally. And then as it became more fashionable over the past, like five or six years, then mm. yeah, I've, I've always liked it for its function, but I think I've come to appreciate it for its aesthetic properties, maybe over the last five or six years. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Like when I was climbing, it was always cool to have a nice jacket and nice like, yeah, Rab was the brand that everyone was buying. It was kind of mm. pre. No Arky yet. Uh, I never liked Arcterics back in the day. I didn't like. Mm. I never. I didn't like the look That's of the logo. Beef. I always thought really? the. Yeah, I always thought it looked like Fido Dido or like. The, did you have Seven Up in America? Yeah, yeah. I always thought it looked like the logo off that, um, and I didn't like it. So I don't know. I kind of. I when I, when I dug into it and kind of revealed the story behind it a little bit more, I appreciate the logo, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it really when I was first into climbing. After after remembering the the climbers in college, I was going to say that boulderers have good style and rock climbers don't. Okay, yeah, like climbers have zero swag. Yeah, the thing the people that were into climbing when I got into it did not give mm-hmm. a fuck about what they looked like. They like yeah. actively actively didn't care. I remember seeing this fella at the crag near me at Armscliff, which mm-hmm. is my local, and he'd made his own pair of pants by like drawing the shape of a pair of pants on a piece of material <laughs> twice yeah. 
cutting it out with a pair of scissors and then sewing them together. And like that was his conception of it. It's like, well, they fit, don't they? Well, they didn't fit. But they were kind of like dirtbag, hippie-ish, but not in a chic way at all. Yeah, not, um, not in like a cool way. Just literally don't care, which is the coolest thing you can do is not care. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I I do think that when people do things like that, that look like they don't care, they are making a sartorial statement as well, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. to not care is to care almost. It's beautiful. It's very, I was going to say tragic, tragically beautiful. Yeah. It's not it's right. Probably, it's probably it's cheaper than it's cheaper than caring, isn't it? Though, yeah, it definitely is cheaper than caring. Um, so that was my hot take. Just that, yeah, actual climbers can't dress. People who boulder, <laughs> I guess, there's a culture in bouldering of people who care about how they dress, or maybe yeah. it's just people that I know that boulder. I don't probably know. Appe- it appeals to a younger crowd, doesn't it? So, like, yeah. younger people are more concerned with that side of things. So, it probably yeah. probably rings true. And you're 270 years old. Yeah, I'm 30, 37, man. Um, 237? Yeah, well, that's what sleeping on your back does for you. <laughs> that and an intensive, uh, intensive facial re- regime. Yeah, well, you say that you sleep like a mummy, but also I think I think that's kind of like a vampire. So I'm Absolutely, to, man. I'm starting to put the pieces together where you're <laughs> actually a vampire. You've been alive for so many years. I'm into that. I'll run with that yeah. myth. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Um, man, what, what was I going to talk about next? What's the next? You've seen the podcast. What do I do? What do I talk? We were about? talking about old drip, um, uh, yes, and, and getting into looking like an outdoors person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only one facet of my wardrobe, though. I'm not just interested in like outdoorsy shit. What? Like I, I generally Get wear off. that to go outside. Lee. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, what else? What else are you interested in? I've always liked sportswear. I've always liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I've always liked nice materials I think in fact I don't know why I said that I don't think that at all I'm just thinking of something to say um, <laughs> yeah I like all kinds of shit man I like um, trainers I like not any kind of hype beasty way just like nice Nikes nice Adidas like I've always had a, decent trainers in my collection Um but yeah, I'm obviously too old for the the hype beast reselling yeah. scene. Um, I think we all are. I think I think <laughs> everyone should be. Honestly, you know, I was talking yeah. to one of the one of my coworkers is still in high school, and he was just he was talking to me about how he used to resell and stuff, and I was like, oh, I used to resell, and he's like, yeah, it's just not the same anymore. I'm like, dude, you're like seventeen. What are you talking about? It's not the same. I was back on, I was on Supreme when it was at its peak. And now it's like after 2018, it was all just kind of dead. He's like, yeah, there's just, you know, things aren't coming out that are good anymore. I'm like, yeah, man, I know. Just like, stop. It's okay. You're making like 20 bucks on a shoe. Just there's no need. I saw another guy. He posted Oh my, I feel so bad for him. He's still reselling. He was like the person who got me into it and he's still reselling. And I saw him post on his story the other day. Anyone want a cop? Multiple sizes, let me know. Don't sleep. That was the caption, right? The right. picture was these Lightning McQueen Crocs. <laughs> I was like, dude, just give it up. If you're trying to resell Crocs, first of all, Lightning McQueen Crocs? 
Come on. I can on. see them being hot, man. Like, Come on. That's so corny. You could buy that at Walmart, probably. <laughs> it was just, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. eBay was a massive, massive thing for me, um, mm-hmm. sartorially, I think. Like having that kind of, from, from living in a small town where you can't really buy much, uh, having the kind of the world at your disposal. Um, and my, my eBay account was set up in 2004. Um and I was buying wholesale, like, I mean, the first thing I bought was like a 10, 10 Abercrombie and Fitch uh, <laughs> military, like these snorkel parkers, the sick man, the really, really sturdy, well-made things. I don't know what they're like these days, Abercrombie and Fitch, but there's one lad who I sold one to in Chorley that still wears it now, 20 years down the line. Um, but I, I remember buying them and then selling them on eBay and then using the proceeds to kind of buy all kinds of mad stuff on there. It was like, I just got into reading uh, Vice magazine and The Face mm. and stuff like that. So I was kind of buying um, Vivian Westwood and like uh, Raph and just just things I'd seen in there that you could get cheap on eBay mm. secondhand. Um, so yeah, that was a kind of, you know, reading those magazines and then having somewhere to buy them. I used to buy all kinds of mad shit like cowboy hats. I bought some fucking spurs on eBay <laughs> Like in 2004, and I had them on the back of a pair of high top Adidas trainers for college. You got to mm. do these experimental things when you're 16. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I look back at some of my fits and I say, oh man, that was real bad. That was real <laughs> bad. I've got, I, I, I used to wear um, a, a subject of, of criticism on the pod before was my bright yellow Kith Treats shirt that I had. And I thought I was the hottest thing in the world. Put on that okay. with a pair of a pair of Uniqlo ankle pants and uh, <laughs> some some black vans. Honestly, not that bad. But as far as how I dress now, it's just completely the silhouette is just so different. It's it's so th- slim and thin. And now I'm all about more baggy pants, more more proper rather than more. I don't even know what's the difference. Slim it's all cyclical, isn't it, man? Like, like yeah. it'll all come back round. Uh, you, you know, I can look at pictures of myself and I looked sick. All, all American apparel, like that was the hottest thing you could buy. Mm. Um, skinny jeans, tight t-shirt, and that was cool. That's what was in the cool magazines. And now you look at it and it's ridiculous. But it'll probably come back round in twenty years, and I reckon you'll probably look at yourself in twenty years' time and think, "What the fuck, man? What am I wearing there?" <laughs> like, there's very few timeless things, and. Um, I know the, the kind of repeating cycle is being more and more condensed. Like the, the kind of reference points are fewer and fewer years apart. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it. I'm, I think nothing lasts forever style wise. You've uh, just got to keep experimenting. And when you're young, when you're 16, 17, just make them mistakes. Like wear what you want. And yeah, don't be afraid. Buy those funny heart shoes. Yeah. Buy wow. the Lightning McQueen's. By the Lightning McQueen Crocs, we usually touch on something very good, which is styles coming back in the future. And you've been around for quite a long time, so you know, you know this. You can you can see more than probably anyone else in the world <laughs> that this the styles are are circulating more and more. Um, what are some styles you'd like to see come back in the future? Um, I mean, I wouldn't do them myself again, but like, no, Billy, just, I, just something you'd like to see, not not that you would personally do, maybe. I like it when young kids wear stuff that was cool when I was a young kid. Like, you know, you look mm. at Billie Eilish and it's studded belts and like long sleeve tees and stuff like that, mm. like band tees. Um, 
Yeah, I really enjoy seeing new takes on that. It would be frankly ridiculous if I was to don those things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, lo- I love seeing new generations takes on on old looks. Nice, maybe like leather, like leather vests, or like um, like Victorian a era, like a Victorian <laughs> era, like really big dress with like the wire framing underneath it. Yeah, man. Like something from yeah. Bridgerton, something from like um, when you were a kid. I'm sure some um, hawk tour kind of uh, runwayish stuff being made with them as we speak. Yeah, we need to bring back the Victorian style of dress, <laughs> which I've thought about it. You can kind of only get away with that living in the UK. Right. Like it, it originated there, and I think it could only exist there. Um, I, I, I couldn't. I could, I would be dead if I yeah. had to dress like that. I just could not survive the heat, especially when there was no AC. I truly don't know how any of these people lived um, down here in the South, you know. You could wear it at a, at a convention. Like, there's that kind of steampunk thing, isn't there, where people wear that Victorian yeah, yeah. stuff with a kind of futuristic twist on it. That's true. That's true. But it's not everyday well, it thing in there to spend yeah. time in an air-conditioned warehouse for a day. <laughs> it's a little bit different than... Literally, like working on a farm, wearing a cotton shirt, long cotton shirt, and like four layers on it. Mm. Yeah, don't know how they did it. Stronger <laughs> than me, tell you that much. Stronger than me. A leather vest, yeah. You won't catch me in one of them. You probably would have done when I was about seventeen, but definitely yeah. not anymore. I would have worn anything back then, man. Like <laughs> literally anything. Going to TK Maxx and like you know, exploring the racks in there, not knowing what your style was and just coming home like someone different was um, an epiphany, I think. Wow. No, I, I didn't do that. I kind of just wore whatever until I discovered what Supreme was. And then I started, that's when I really, okay, this is my style epiphany was wearing a basic colored shirt with yeah. black shorts and then black shoes. And I was like, this is style. This is perfect. Like yeah. I've mastered it. I've, I've figured it all out. That's when I, that's when I did that. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously from there it was all downhill and now I'm wearing like earth tones all the time and stuff. But <laughs> that was, that was probably the pinnacle, the peak. I bought all of these shirts that were, you know what rayon is that fabric, very stretchy. I know it from a ghost face song called Kame. But, oh yeah. Um, no, I, it, I never. I don't think like, I, is it like silky kind of thing stuff? Kind of, yeah. It's very stretchy. Um, it's like it was a rayon and cotton blend, and I bought so many of these shirts, and it came in handy because after that, the aforementioned car crash happened, and I was in like a big arm thing, and it was those are the only shirts I could actually get into because they could mm. stretch out the armhole so much. Uh, so yeah, I was. It was a little bit of foresight on my end, which was cool, but they were also nice shirts. Lovely. Oh, you've not sold yeah. them. What'd you say? Have I not sold I hope, them? I hope you've not sold them. Um, I don't even know if I have any more. I think I got rid of them all. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't want to be a hoarder or anything, but I sometimes love looking at my old clothes. I've got tons and tons. I need to downsize massively, really, but I find it yeah. I find myself emotionally attached to uh, items mm. of clothing that have been through a lot of things with me. Yeah, I, I have that um, as well. I have a few. It's not. It's not a lot. I honestly, I don't have a lot of clothes, and. Uh, I mean, for me, this is the most clothes I've ever had, but anyone who has like a normal size wardrobe will look at it and say, wow, that's, that's really it. Like even my friends who are not into fashion at all, you know, they're doing laundry and I see their laundry baskets are stuffed to the brim. And I'm like, wow, 
that I would have nothing to wear if I did that. Like I would, <laughs> I would be completely clothesless if I put that many clothes in a laundry basket. Um, but I do have a few t-shirts that just have sentimental value that I don't want to get rid of. But besides yeah. that, I don't know, not a ton. Is it because of the things you've done in them? Like the things that you've been through in them? Yeah. Well, one of them, there's a few. One of them is this t-shirt I made when I was in high school where I thought I was going to start a clothing line and it was called bad rap, which is cool. Nothing to do with rap. I I never rapped once in my life, but uh, it was like a picture of my you know, ex-girlfriend, current fiance on the shirt. Right. And it just said bad rap. I can actually get it for you. You can see it. Show really me, quick. man. This is great yeah. podcasting. Can you still hear me in your ears? Yeah. Okay. Was it bad rap as in like, bad reputation like you've got a... no it was bad rap as in like actual bad music bad rap okay and the reason i don't wear it um because it has some kind of like ironic quality it's because it's this really crazy shade of blue let me show you ah stunning mate looks like a prince <laughs> album cover yeah it's really crazy uh, i keep it because it's fun and it was a shirt that i made that i'm proud of that one and then the uh the kith treats shirt that tim hamilton roasted me for having i just can't get rid of it i have i i have a lot of good memories that was one of the first things i ever got besides that i've, I've given away most of my supreme shirts because they all shrunk in the wash except for one. Oh man i totally forgot about this too it has a little logo on the sleeve this was the this was the logo for bad rap Nice man, like a B and an R that are banded together. What what blue would you describe it as? Cornflower blue. Um, yeah, something like that. It looks, mm, yeah, I'd say. I had a t-shirt that color when I was uh, fancy dressing as Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, that exact color. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's def. It was. That shirt reminds me of like the twenty. Mm, Thirteen, fourteen, when neon was super popular. Everyone yeah. was wearing like neon yellow and orange and stuff. I think it would fit into that category. It's not quite as bright, but it's definitely bright. Yeah. And just completely out of where I, my comfort zone right now. <laughs> Does it still fit? Have you uh, henched out since then? I don't know. I don't know. I hope it doesn't fit, man. I've been that in like <laughs> eight years ago. I love attachments to clothes. Like um, I was listening to a podcast the other day with this woman who was talking about building clothes that have got emotional durability like stuff mm -hmm. that you can that will look good for a long long time so you can make stories in them and that's what makes you hang on to them like you know you can design things that are recyclable but mm -hmm. if you make someone wear something that they can do stuff in then they'll love what they labor over they'll love love it if they've repaired it they'll love it if they've uh -huh. um what are you laughing for, man? Making it up. You go. Um, yeah. If you fuck something up, if you put, if you make a hole in it and then you repair mm. it, then you will love it more than you would have done had you not ripped it. And, um, you know, if you, if you've, you've been through a lot with a piece of clothing like that, you know, you've made it, you've made the print, you've designed the logo, you're not going to get rid of it because, mm. yeah, because you're deeply connected to it. And I think that's probably as good a sustainability uh, motto as you can hope for, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first Adam AR, I burnt it and I just have some tenacious tape slapped on it. And same, I'm gonna, mate, same. I'm going to keep it forever. You know, like that's that's my, I'm going outside, it's cold. 
Let me throw on a jacket. That's what I throw on just because it yeah. has that battle scar on it. For real. My uh, my atom uh, journey is similarly storied as well. My mate Mark Jenner, he had an atom for ages and he called it his boomerang coke. So he used to <laughs> go out and lose it like most weeks. He'd, he'd go out, get levered, lose his jacket and there is it had always, always come back to him. I was like, I like what? that property in, a, in an item of clothing. So I got one. This this lad that I make a podcast for about um, beauty founders, he's a very generous man, call Akash, shout out Akash. He gave me a... Um, Cotswold Outdoors voucher for my birthday and so uh-huh. I bought my Atom AR from there because it's just Benny do man it's like 200 quid or whatever yeah. um, so I was already invested in it from my mate Mark Jenner and my mate Akash and then as soon as I got it I burned a hole like a big chog burn in the um, mm. the under sleeve patch I was like fuck sake man you know you want to wear it for best for a little bit until you start messing it up um, but I took it to the Arcteric store in London with the hope of getting it repaired I had a chat with the, t- the dude in there. He was a mm. lovely bloke. Turned out he's from Chorley as well, same as me, like 300 right. miles from home, which was was very, very nice. And he was like, how about we do a patch, man? Um, and got out a patch and that stuck over that hole now. And because I know that a fella from Chorley who now lives in London repaired mm. it with a patch, I, I prefer it to if I got a brand new panel in it or got a new jacket or something like that. And I feel emotionally bonded to it in fact i left it in denmark when i was in denmark and my mates just posted it back to me so i'm <laughs> testing if the boomerang theory is true at the moment it sounds like it is still true I, i've never i've never lost mine um but I, I think i'll just leave it in the woods sometime after i go yeah. camping and just see what happens <laughs> let me know how it goes man i guarantee yeah. it'll find its way back to you yeah, I, I hope so i hope so it's my favorite jacket as far as like down jackets go it's great <laughs> it's perfect um, isn't it yeah man yeah um i think do you have anything else to say about the future or we can kind of we kind of just naturally segued into it without a big um having to elaborate yeah i guess so like i've um i guess my other connection with clothes is the the modeling mm-hmm. stuff that i do um which i came to again at a very late age but i've been enjoying that and that gives you room to kind of experiment um, within the fashion realm so i'm uh, not planning on making a career out of it but i think in the future i'd i'd like to do a little bit more of that kind of thing i've um i've worked with some amazing brands that i've always well not always liked but you know the first first person I ever did it with was snow peak mm-hmm. um which was a dream gig because i absolutely adore their gear i've had i've got tons of snow peak stuff so to get to do that as the first one was amazing um and Gramici as well with the Outsiders store I know you are acquainted with. Um, of course. So yeah, I think in the future I would like to do more of that kind of stuff. If anyone's looking for a ruggedly handsome 37-year-old that can pass for 35. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I would lead with he's 237. You can pass for 35. Okay, yeah, that is niche, isn't it? That's good. I think you should do that instead. Right. Okay. I'll give, I'll give you twenty twenty percent of my takings. I'll put twenty percent of your podcast, and you can give have twenty percent of my. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling one of us is going to be a little more successful than the other in that endeavor. <laughs> I really don't know which one you're referring to, to be honest. You, bro. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Yeah. Uh, and another thing on the future, actually, yeah. um, Ali, I've started making a podcast for these two super smart women called Tech Powered Luxury mm. that comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, they're very. Um, 
the work in the work in the future, the very, very kind of um, digital fashion and all this. So I'm not thoroughly acquainted with it, and I know you're um, an outspoken anti NFT. But they had a couple of guests on the other day that were talking about um, the future of fashion being digital, and how kids these days are totally okay with parting money for digital property you know in terms of like stuff they buy in roblox and skins stuff they buy on mm -hmm. Fortnite. yeah they just want to spend their money digitally and that the future of fashion you know it's much more sustainable than actually making physical stuff where you have to use tons and tons of water and tons and tons of um, natural resources and ship them all over the world and exploit a lot of people now? well i know it is massively power hungry like extremely in, so hashing power and stuff like that but mm -hmm. i don't think it always will be I, don't, I think people are working towards it not being i don't think in essence it has to be and i don't have the answers but when i hear people who are a lot more intelligent than me talking about it mm -hmm. um i find it super interesting anyway that episode will be out in about first of november so i'll uh, i'll send you a link to that when it comes out i found it eye-opening as well so yeah um My... i was the same as you man i was like NFTs, cryptocurrency, brilliant in concept, but yeah, not economic, uh, ecologically sustainable. But I'm mm -hmm. I'm very open to the to have my mind changed on it. Also, my opinions on this to get serious is Fortnite and all that skins, cosmetics have been around for a super long time. Um, fashion's always going to exist. No one's going to stop buying cool clothes in real life because they have a like a cool shirt in Fortnite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there is something also to the, I don't know. It's like a lot of kids that are playing these games and it, as like Roblox, especially feels very predatory in it's, uh, it feels like late stage capitalism and really dystopian. And there's a lot of things about everything you just said that I'm a little worried about. I know that child labor is bad and I know that, um, you know, exploiting workers is bad, but shouldn't we be working to make those conditions better rather than just saying, "Hey, right, let's just get rid of the jobs." Yeah, you know? I guess so. I mean, it's it's almost like exploitation has to happen to make cheap clothes, doesn't it? I mean, getting people mm -hmm. off cheap clothes Definitely. would be the dream. Yeah, and I don't, as you say, I don't think this will replace that, but something yeah, yeah. to augment it, or it's just it's just an exciting. Um, an exciting like place for discussion i think at the moment there's nothing too set in stone but yeah it'd be it'd be interesting okay. to see what the future of fashion holds in that sphere mm -hmm. also could sorry i i'm being a, i'm i said i was sworn off of being a hater but this is this is less hating this is more asking questions could mm. okay let's just say for example I'm, I've been known to be a gamer and right now in Fortnite, which I've started playing recently, they're right. doing this Montclair skin where there's a Montclair jacket, right? Who's to say that, I mean, obviously Montclair did it for a reason. It's because they want to sell more jackets. That's why they partner with Fortnite. So even if they are like, oh yes, it's so amazing. The future of fashion is in the metaverse and you can buy a Bape jacket in the metaverse and it's like okay well outside the metaverse i want the vape jacket too and then it's not solving the problem it's making it worse because you're just reinforcing these ideas that if you have this jacket or this brand or whatever that you're cool you have it in one place and it only costs five dollars and it's only three hundred dollars in real life like that's not that much more you know yeah yeah i mean 
Yeah, and no, no, no geese have to have their uh, the down <laughs> plucked out of their asses for a Moncler jacket on the internet, do they? So like, yeah, that's true. But will, uh, but will it make more people want that Moncler jacket in real life because they saw it on Fortnite? I don't know. That's the question. Like, and some I think Moncler could... wants the answer to be yes, and you don't you don't have to know the answer either, you know, because it's not your area of expertise. But so their take on it will be that. Um, Notice I'm distancing myself from this opinion, but their good, their take on it will be that um, it might re- like pe- people only buy the jacket in real life to show it off on the internet. Um, mm, okay. So if you can k- kind of take that s- step out of it, it stops the jacket having to be made. I don't agree with that. I'd never do it. I've never bought a single skin or something in game online. So it's not it's not me that it's aimed at, but it'd be interesting to see what kids that are 13, 14, 15, when they're the, the consumers of clothes, what they make of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is not a discussion for me to have with you. This is for me to talk to someone who is an expert in the field who's truly advocating for it, as you are not. Okay. To make your opinion known. I'll hook um, you up. I'll hook you up with some intelligent people. Yeah, that can, I'd uh, love to. I'd love to have, have a little chat about it to just to understand to understand why. Because obviously, I'm not an expert either. I just have my opinions on things. So, yeah, is that? All right, let's move Wait. on to questions. <laughs> let's move on to some viewer questions for you. Oh, has there been some? Very flattering. There has been. <laughs> All right, storm fit. First question. Okay. I'd like to know what are two tips? This is good. This is a weird question. What are two tips for long form ambient recordings of open spaces in nature? Only two. If okay. you get more than two, I'm going to delete them from the episode. So I'd say um, there's binaural recording, which kind of has you basically have microphones positioned where your ears are. So I've got a set of headphones that have got microphones in each ear and you can stand in a place and make an immersive recording of that place because mm. uh, things are coming from specific diet, um, specific angles at you and you can really situate someone. You can kind of localize someone in the recording, mm. um, which sounds incredible. I've got a bunch of stuff. I really like listening to old trips to airports that I've done. It really immerses mm. you in it more, even more than like a video would, I think. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, they don't work too well if it's windy. So my second tip would be buy a dead cat, a dead cat, something that you put over a microphone to, mm-hmm. have, you, have you seen them? Do you know what they look like? Like them, a windsock them. or something? Or? It, no. It, so in a film, when you see them booming in a microphone and they've got yeah. that like massive fuzzy thing over the yeah, end yeah. of it, yeah, that's that's a dead cat. Um, and that just stops the wind blowing on your microphone. So yeah, they're my two tips. Nice. That's two tips. Good. That's all you're allowed to give. Kian Patel, who we mentioned previously, all-terrain boy, would like to know... Big up, Kian. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, dear mm-hmm. me. Well, I'm a United fan. You are. I know he's a massive United fan as well. You don't have to... Hey, um, he's just asking a question. You have to answer for him, right? Give your... People are here for your opinions, Thomas. Well, Ronaldo is a very history player for Manchester United. He's done some brilliant things for us, but he's got a lot of... Um, like pretty damaging sexual allegations leveled against him. So uh, as much as I love him as a player, he seems like a bit of a piece of shit. So fuck <laughs> him. Um, wow. Lionel Messi, is, Lionel Messi is a terrible tax dodger as well. So fuck hey, the that was his dad. That was his dad. All right. <laughs> his dad let him down. Um, was he? I didn't know that. I'm yeah, sure yeah. he's... Uh, it, was his, it was his dad. His dad was his like tax manager and he just wasn't paying his taxes. Okay. 
Messi then. I'll say Messi. Um, I thought, let's see. The the Ronaldo rape allegations mm. were dismissed. Yeah, but smoke and fire, man. Like Yeah. He, and I'm not I'm, I'm not I th- saying I think obviously. Was that, it not a load was it not a load of money change sounds? Was it not like gagging orders and stuff like that? I've not looked into it deeply, um, but it doesn't say it doesn't strike me as a very savory man, so I can't I can't yeah. love him as deeply as I would if I'd just seen him on the football pitch. Yeah. As a as a person, he uh his ego his ego really shines through on the pitch, you know? And I just I just can't trust someone who has an ego like that. But also I'm kind of like a messy fanboy, so Yeah. Yeah, I'll say whatever he I can get. He doesn't play football in the style that I would if I had his um, supreme talents. So yeah, I can't love him. Ronaldo or Messi? Which one? Messi. I'm going to say Messi in light of it just being his dad's fault. So mm-hmm. he, look, okay. he looks like a nice little man, doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, oh my! Uh, the next question is from Mark Hamilton. Okay. Said, what I bought color? A cla- I bought a clatamoose and jacket off Mark once. Oh yeah. He said, Top "What dude. color?" What color are you going to dye your ghost? Yeah, so you know what he's referring to there, the Osprey the, bag. Yeah, Italian ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine maybe four or five months ago and it is disgusting. Like I've, I've had it through <laughs> the wash, I've bleached it, I've got it looking something like again, but it immediately goes back to like the color of a chain smoker's fingers, like if you take <laughs> it outdoors. So I am looking, he, he's dyed his, I don't know if it's his or his girlfriend's or something, uh, I saw it on his Instagram stories, mm-hmm. and she did it like a, pinky purple color yeah and yeah i think i've seen that it, it took differently to the different materials and did like a tonal oh. purpley pink job it looked amazing so um i contacted him and said yeah i'm into that dylon was his dye of choice mm. i think i would probably go i think i probably i know you were talking about earth tones before i'd probably go for a kind of green or a brown i think mm. i think it's because it's a working backpack for me now that like I've got a an Ar- Arcteryx skiing backpack that is super waterproof and um, amazing for going out in the wet weather. But when mm. you put an Osprey on your back, the way it fits, like it feels like you're not wearing anything at all. So yeah. I want to take it out. I want to use it in the wild and I don't want it to look like an ashtray. So yeah, the dye job seems like a viable option. Nice. Uh, I... Agree. The Osprey, because um, I have a, a Talon 22 as well. And it fits great. It's amazing. Great bag. I, my Osprey bag that I have for backpacking is 65 liters, and that also fits great. I, you know, you have to have it size and all that for packs that big. But the only thing I, the only issue I have with the, the 22 liter is that there's just not a lot of room because I have so much hardware on the back to make it comfortable that there's very little space in the actual bag compared to my, I have an REI 22 bag, 22 liter, that, that thing you can, I would, I would, I would, uh, do an overnighter in that bag. I can fit a jacket, gloves, extra clothes, put my sleeping bag on the side, carry my, um, I mean, I, I could strap my, Eno up to it as well. Like it would carry everything and I can fit maybe half of that in the Osprey bag. Yeah. I think the I think the Talon Ghost that I've got is more than twenty two. Oh really? Is it thirty? I think it might be thirty five. Oh really? Thirty five. Wow. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, it's it's not that because my RQ one's thirty two. Maybe it's twenty five. Feels roomy enough anyway. Like you know, for mm-hmm. a, at least for a day trip. Mm-hmm. 
I don't rate, I tell you what I don't rate on it though, that you know the little like glasses pouch that's uh, on the bag. Joe's got that. Where is the glasses pouch on the bag? On the, on the straps. Inside? On the straps at the front, you've got like a, a mesh pop oh, yeah. open yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's for glasses. Um, Interesting. I thought it was for like a knife. Or maybe it is for a knife because it's fucking rubbish for glasses. <laughs> it might be for glasses. I've, I've never put my glasses in there. I, I just, I put a knife in there when I use it. Okay. Shankleman. Um, yeah, maybe maybe give that a try. Well, here in the US, you don't need eight licenses to carry a knife on a trail, so. Nah, man. I've got loads <laughs> of knives, man. I don't give a fuck. I'll uh, I'll carry a knife around wherever. I've got I've got a big fucking Rambo job that I take out when I'm going wild camping for oh, really? uh, splitting logs. <laughs> that definitely it would look ridiculous if I put it in there. It'd be like coming up past <laughs> me. Yeah, I have a I have a machete I carry around as well for my for my longer trips. Bad man. Nice They're stuff. Brave. Right? <laughs> yeah just in case i need it um next up we have oi Luki, who asks top three mcs <laughs> yeah i asked him that on his one big up luke <laughs> he's a tall yeah he's a t- what an absolute diamond of a man he is like i love that dude um he's i've great. met him once we went climbing together in london mm-hmm. um i love everything he does like he's very he dresses like he thinks and like he's very considered mm-hmm. and meticulous and yeah top dude um anyway well, I, top three I see him when i was over there and you i don't know if i hit you up when i was over there but i think i was away because i couldn't go to that snow peak thing i yeah, think yeah, i might yeah. have been in another i might have been in portugal or something like that at mm. that point but um yeah it'd be nice be nice to connect at some point absolutely um my top three mcs so he interpreted that as uh american mcs and I do love American hip hop, but I'm going to uh-huh. interpret it as proper MCs, like British MCs. So oh, I'm going to proper. say, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always think Americans are rappers and British rappers are MCs. So I'm going to say uh, a Nottingham MC called Mez, who's super high energy, super high octane, like incredible in a battle. M E Z. If you're looking it up, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. JME, you ever listen to JME? Mm-mm. Another grime MC. Um, used to roll a boot back in the day. That's why I first got into him. And he had his own line of t shirts, actually, very, very oh, really? early on. Hmm. Um, and I will say, I'm going to say Wiley. Um, there's another MC. Have you heard of him? Maybe. <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Maybe I've heard a song from him. He's the godfather. He is. Um, yeah, he's been a, he's been an incredible part of the British music scene for the past twenty years. So big up Wiley, wow. they're my top three. I think there's others that I've um, that I adore, but I think in terms of longevity, like I've mm. liked all of them for a long time. Nice stuff, nice stuff. I'm, I have them all pulled up. I'm going to listen to their top song on Apple Music. Once okay, I'm done don't, with this. don't do that, man. Don't do that. Why? I'll send you. Oh well, yes, yes. You know, it's been Wiley. Wiley as kind of meandered through a lot of genres in his quest for kind of superstardom so mm-hmm. the, the one that'll be the most played on there will be dog shit like okay, i'll send okay. you a wily tune that slams um yeah that's my yeah. recommendation thank you sir yes please do please do i'd love to get the uh the actual best song <laughs> um next up is roth's putin would like to know Gorpcore top five brands now. I assume they mean brands, or you can start a little drama and say your top five like favorite accounts. 
<laughs> I don't really know names of um, Instagram accounts, so I'll interpret it as brands. I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, do I have to do it in order or can I do it in no particular order? Yeah, no particular order. Just yeah, um, this makes it much, much easier. I'm going to say Gramici. Okay. Um, I've liked Gramici for a long, long time. I've got an inordinate number of Gramici shorts. I think into <laughs> double figures now, farcically. Really? Um, that's all, di- all different colours, all different thicknesses, all different. I had a bunch of them altered actually because they were a bit too long. Uh-huh. Like they were well, kinda... Yeah, that's that's the reason why I haven't bought any Grimichis because they're all like seven inch and I yeah. just can't rock with that. Well, I got them shortened um, mm. to show a bit more thigh. And, of course. Um, the dudes that shorten them, shorten them far too fast. They're like pum-pum shorts now. They're like <laughs> booty shorts. Yeah. Um, but still great for a summer holiday. I like that for a summer holiday. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Grimichi uh, are number one. I'm going to say Snow Peak as my second one. Um, I think they make amazing functional stuff, but with uh, a, a very keen eye on the aesthetics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've Shout got Emily from Snow Peak. Yeah, big up Emily. She's uh, I've met her a couple of times actually. She's been up at mm-hmm. um, a few events they've done up at Owl Store in Yorkshire mm-hmm. near me. So yeah, she's dead there. Good fun. She was ace on the pod actually. Very, very um, passionate woman, isn't she? Extremely. Very candid, so. too. It was a good conversation. Uh, yeah, it was. It was ace. Um, third, I will say, I feel like it's going to be a massively... Um, if I don't say Arcteryx, it's going to be a problem, in it? So I'm no, going to say... Arcteryx <laughs> is dead, bro. Nah, man. They make sick stuff. I've got really, really <laughs> good Arcteryx stuff. I've got... Um, some lovely waterproof trousers. Um, my atom has been through the wars with me, so I can't can't not include them in it. Um, there's some that I really like the look of, but wouldn't wear myself. Like you know, like Goopy made um, mm. that they stock at this thing of ours. Of I bought some of their stuff uh, when this thing of ours first opened and got it because I'd looked at the Humble the cool. Bird. You, uh, <laughs> May, when they yeah. first opened you were, you were there first in line I went to the physical shop when it was in that shipping container thing on Oxford mm-hmm. Road mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah I bought some of their stuff because I'd seen how cool the people on their Instagram looked these little um, the, these super cool kids dripped out like massive silhouettes and stuff and then I got it back to mine and put it on I was like fuck me man I look ridiculous so <laughs> I just had to uh, I had to sell it basically so I love the look of that but won't mm-hmm. wear it myself. So I think that's, you can appreciate things from afar without having to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, let's think. I'm going to say, I'm going to say MSR as well. Um, mm. I've not got their, I've not got their tents. No, but I think it you just, can include, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's an outdoor core. brand, it's, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I've not got one of the tents, but I have got um water purification pump that's been mm. a lifesaver on a number of occasions when I've been out camping. I've got their dromedary uh, five litre water storage thing. That's the mm. same attachment as a Nalgene bottle. So you uh, can screw your water purification device onto there. Um, that's really nice. So yeah, they just, and I think I've got, I've got their stove as well, the pocket rocket, which is an absolute buying stove. So I'll, mm. I'll make that my fifth and final goat co brand. Beautiful. Yeah. What's yours? Oh, what's or, mine? Or is there any that you disagree with of um, mine? Top five, what would I say? 
Mm. I don't know. I think Patagonia instead of Grimici for me, just because that's what I wear more often. Um, and top five, dang. Maybe I mean it's 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 less niche. But probably I put like and wander instead of goopy mate or something like that. Yeah. I understand I understand the appeal of it, but and wander is just more fascinating to me. Yeah, it's much more wearable, isn't it? I've mm-hmm. um, I've tried on a load of and wander stuff uh, and it always feels amazing on. It don't feel like it's gonna be as functional outdoor as Arcteryx or some of the other kind of Yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Gore-Tex sucker, so if it says something, mm-hmm. something other than Gore-Tex, I think it's not going to keep me quite as dry. Yeah, I understand the, that. Is it, I think Pertex is what Pertex. they make a lot of their jackets. Yeah. It's probably as good, but I don't know. It's it's fine. I have that uh, Blast jacket that has Pertex on it, and I wore it hiking where it just started pouring rain. And my, my um, La Sportiva that have Gore-Tex on them, were completely soaked through and that jacket also soaked through. Yeah. Um, not soaked through. I was still dry, but it was definitely like it wasn't repelling the water anymore, you know. It was just yeah. keeping it away from my body. And it's three layer too. So it was it was it did its job. It did its job well. But I don't know. I just feel like uh the beta is just a little bit it just it feels hardier. You know, it feels it's like more sturdy to the touch and I just trust it more. But there's no yeah. actual proof to show that it is. I think the feel goes a long way, doesn't it, with clothes? Like, mm-hmm. you've got to feel protected in it. Yeah. Sportiva exactly. as well. Shout out then. They make the best climbing shoes. I've always climbed oh, in Sportiva. I just got some. I just got some tarantula laces. Oh, nice. My tarantula. very first pair. Lace. Tarantula you... laces. Yeah. Have you heard of that? No, I've seen, I've seen tarantulas, but I didn't know. Go on, show me them. Oh, yes, mate. Fly. Tarantulas. Very nice. They match my... Uh chalk bag from uh, greater goods and field mag collaboration on fieldmag.shop or whatever the website is i don't know but nice yeah. yeah best climbing shoes i think and they don't stink as much as other ones as well like i oh, used really? to climb that's, in that's very, uh, i have sweaty sweaty feet yeah uh, well i don't my feet never smell in other other shoes but as soon as oh, i put really? in a climbing shoe i'm like fuck me it sounds like it smells like someone's dead <laughs> I have a question too about climbing since you've been doing it for so long. I read online because I didn't want to look like a poser when I went uh, to the climbing gym. I like to wear socks because my feet are so sweaty that I just nah, like, I man. don't think it up. No, don't wear socks, dude. I read, no. I read that it is a more recent thing that people are wearing socks or aren't wearing socks because they used to wear socks with climbing shoes and now they've transitioned to not wearing socks. That's when they were climbing like V2s and thinking it was the hardest thing in the world. You well, are. it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, don't wear socks. I mean, I've not got the nicest ankles in the world, but um, yeah, socks and climbing shoes, is a, it looks terrible and you definitely lose a lot of precision. And your climbing shoes should be tight. You shouldn't be able to get socks no, on. If you if you if you fitted right, you shouldn't have room for socks in there, I don't think. They're even tighter, which is yeah. better. I can still okay. wear them. Um, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Last week, there's been this one project that's like a V2, V3 that I've been mm-hmm. struggling with and didn't get it two weeks straight. I didn't wear socks. On Monday, I wore socks. I got it. And maybe that's because I was trying it for two weeks in a row. And maybe it's because I was wearing socks with my shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe the socks are giving me that extra, um, extra width in the shoe to make me fill it out more. 
I don't know. Potentially, don't know. potentially. I would definitely say it's the former. You've tried it twice and <laughs> come back to it. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, in my professional opinion, definitely uh-huh. don't wear socks. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That wasn't a question. That was just that was just <laughs> me picking your brain. But next up, last up actually, and we might have to cut this because um, I don't know if this is a real question. Neil Summers is asking. All right, did you get paid to model hikerdelic? <laughs> yeah, handsomely, Neil. Handsomely. Neil's cool. top dude. Absolutely love that guy. Um, I first became acquainted acquainted with hikerdelic through Neil because I was tapping him up to make a kind of um a series of podcasts to submit mm. to the BBC. We never got around to doing it. Mm. Uh, and that was that was when he was involved at Proper magazine. Um Yeah. I heard things went down. Yeah. He walked out. He left and he he um he did something really crazy. He threw all his papers in the air. Did he it? stormed out. He said, <laughs> never want to hear from any of you again. No, I'm kidding. He just he left. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that would be the way it went down. <laughs> it's, it seems uh, fairly amicable, I think. But yeah, yeah he's a he's I a agree. top fella. Um and he works with some amazing brands at the moment. In fact, Hagloffs, shout out Hagloffs. The first mm-hmm. um waterproof jacket I ever bought was Hagloffs. In fact, really? if you look all the way back to my very first Instagram post from 2014, don't mate, you'll be here all fucking day. Um, I'm wearing a uh, like electric blue Hagloff's waterproof coat oh. 2014, ahead of the curve, mate. I would say electric blue is probably the color of that shirt I showed you. I'd say electric blue, yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. I think, I think the T looks slightly more muted than electric. Maybe. Let's see. I'm pretty far back, man. I'm just say you do have 400 posts though, so it's going to be I? a while. <laughs> oh wait, I got it. It's right here. Set my way for it. it. Is. Holds up. Hagloff shirt. That that very well, what's telling? I guess that is such an old photo. 2012. Yeah, it's got a shit border filter. on it. It's got that filter. <laughs> <laughs> that sepia tone or whatever it is that everyone's throwing on their pics. I'm guilty of it too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, or it could just be like the old phone you were using but oh yeah it's got that border on it <laughs> yeah yeah still cool photo I think that'd stand up today if it didn't have that filter and that um, you know it's got the whole anonymity vibe going on in it that the kids are all doing uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah shout out Neil he's uh, he's a lovely lovely man and I uh, yeah I'd love to see him again at some point I've not seen him for ages yeah Neil come on the pod he hooked me up with the Farah Farah guys and I would love to have him on yeah as well. He's uh he's he's got great stories to tell Neil. He's a fucking lunatic. So that's yeah. what they said. That's what they said. I want to I want to hear everyone talk about how crazy this guy is. I want to hear him talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, anyway, that's all the questions I have for you. Do you have nice, anything man. for me before we uh sign off? Um. Yeah, actually, you know oh. the anonymity thing that I just referred to. Like I yes. know you've been toying with revealing yourself um recently yeah. are you uh-huh. are you actually thinking of doing that or are you is it all part of the oh part no of the it's game? all marketing no no um, okay i don't know i don't know it just seems like i do it mostly because i don't like smiling for photos or it's just it's it's kind of weird to do that i've never liked it and i don't know I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start toying around with showing my face. I was thinking about doing something. I'm probably going to cut this just because maybe it's podcast exclusive if you listen this far in. But <laughs> I want to post a photo and then Photoshop someone else's face onto <laughs> my face and like don't tag him or anything. But I said I was going to do it to Jamie, 
Because Jamie said that he's convinced that it wasn't me in the UK that I'd send a body double. And right. I use a face filter when I do the actual show so no one actually knows what I look like. <laughs> so I told him next time I post a photo, I'm going to use his face and cut it out and put it onto my body and then post that. Do it, man. Do it. The, the next level. The, the next level anonymity. But where did yeah. it come from initially? I know like it's fun online to have personas and like... Um, <laughs> Obviously, people have jobs to protect that they might want to not express particular opinions on. Mm. Um, but do you feel like you did it for some kind of philosophical reason or because it was like a lot of other people were doing it in the kind of circles that you were moving in? Yeah, I mean, the the answer that you'd like me to give is, is some very deep meaning about the community comes first and it's not about me. It's about it's about the community that Trees and Nylon stands for. It's not about the person who runs yeah. Trees and Nylon, you know? And maybe to some level it is that, but also I just like don't think I look good in photos and it's really easy to blur my face out. So Aww. I don't have to do that. You look other... fucking great, dude. Hey, you look thanks, cool there. Thank you. Thank you. So great anyway. I, enviable eyebrows. Like I wish my eyebrows were that thick. Or is this saying yeah. too much about your face? No, it's okay. I have like what looks like an eyebrow slit right here too. But it's that's um, bad, man. That looks sick. Looks like it's a, just you've been sliced. Scar. Yeah, I just have I literally I literally do have a scar there. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. a vibe. Yeah. Just give a, every, every episode I give a little bit more away about what I look like and then people know. Because truly, like, I don't really care. Like, there was one guy who messaged me the other day and was like, I found your page. I'm private on my real personal page, but he's like, yeah, I found it. It's like, oh, okay. Like, that's very interesting. <laughs> like, there, is a, there is a paper trail that you can go back and you can find what I look like. It's, it's a picture of me from 20, like, 2017. I look completely different. Okay. I look, I look like a baby. I'll, I'll show you the picture. I look so incredibly different. Really Forward quick. it to me, man. No, I'm, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to show you on... Uh, it's easier to pull it up on my phone really quick. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm 23. Okay, so 2017 was almost generationally different for you. Oh, yeah. Biggest difference is I didn't have the hair. Skinhead? No, I didn't have the cool hair that I have now. Look at this. All right. So look, man, yeah, boyishly handsome. Still got the same eyebrows, though. Yeah, I do. That's that's post that's post car crash. I still had the uh, the slit in my eyebrow, but yeah, didn't have didn't have the flow yet. <laughs> didn't have the flow. Didn't flow for a while. But anyway, uh, yeah. As far as anonymity goes, it's kind of just a thing now, and it's it's easy for me to do, and. People like it. It's, it's, it's fun also to kind of toy around with it. But a part of me does also wish that I could just post like, like looking at the camera like this. Yeah. And just put like a meme over it. You know? <laughs> like, well, part of me does wish that I could, it's, it's a little limiting on the comedy side of things, but it's all good. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's only the internet and it? you can play about all you want. I guess once you've revealed yourself and that can't really be undone. So, um. yeah, that's the thing is it's, it's more fun to have that. Um, I've, I've been told that I kind of am like a goblin or like people don't know if I'm kidding, like multiple times people have messaged me and I've responded genuinely. And then they said, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Like I have no idea what to expect. So I have this little, yeah. uh, I'm like a. I guess a goblin, like mischievous kind of vibe, <laughs> chaotic a little bit. Yeah, it like, I guess it, it affords more space for you to play around a little bit more if you definitely, are anonymous. So, definitely, yeah. keep, keep people guessing. It's fun. Defo, mate. It's fun for me. I'll turn my screen record off now, sell that on the Patreon <laughs> later on. 
That's all good, man. That's all good. I'll give you a picture of Ali's face too if you want that. He's super secretive about it. Is he is he anonymous too? Oh yeah. Is he more or less handsome than you? Um Ali? Hmm. It's a good question. <laughs> I'd say it's I'd say uh it's equal. Okay. I'd say it's equal. I can read a lot into that. We're a power couple. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah no but he'll i don't know if i'll ever show his face honestly he um we had a little thing on technically professionals this is also a little thing that the people soliciting last episode we put on our story that we were just gonna like talk to people um after we were done recording so we put up a story we waited for like 10 minutes and one person joined because no one follows technically professionals on instagram.com slash technically professionals and um that's the person who told me that he saw what I actually look like. And I was, cause we, I was like, I'll just turn my camera on. I don't really care. And I was like, I'm never going to turn my camera on. No one will ever know what I look like. Uh, so I think I'm just going to Photoshop Ali's face on one of my photos and just really mess with people. Nice man. Yeah. I'm here for that. Play yeah. around. Anyway. Anyway, that's me. Have anything else? Um, no, I don't think so, mate. That's uh, sounds about a wrap to me. Are we doing our, our, our shout outs or are we, yeah, go uh, ahead, go ahead. No, I'm too big for those now. Okay. Oh, no, it's not part of the podcast no, no, anymore. No. I forget constantly, but if you have people to shout out, please, by yeah, all means, go ahead. I actually ahead and wrote do that. these down. Um, so I'm going to shout out my mate, Tommy B. Wild, who is, um, a mushroom foraging, uh, expert who got me into forest. That's another thing that I do outside actually collect mushrooms, but he got mm -hmm. me into that. We went on a camping trip to the new forest and he's an amazing dude, knows tons about mushrooms, tons about he's uh, he's a mycologist and an entomologist, but he's Whoa. like a plumber from South London. <laughs> total, total top lad. Like he'll go on holidays to Magaluf and when everyone mm -hmm. else is going out on the piss, he'll be out setting up light traps to capture rare moths <laughs> and investigate the local flora and fauna. Um, so he's an entertaining follow. Uh, he is at Tommy underscore B underscore wild. Um, I'm going to shout out Aurora. Do you know what you follow her on Instagram? Uh, I don't believe so, but I know who you're talking about. So she's an Italian woman um, who's just been trekking across the kind of Dolomite Alpine mountains, staying in all these incredible like modernist bivouacs mm. uh, and documenting it. And I really like how she's using nature to kind of craft this narrative and uh, and explore this like architectural style and um just making super cool content so she's aurora Rialini, um well well worth a follow and she she drips hard she's got such thick style like not just the outdoor stuff um she wears a tons of like super cool Japanese brands that I'm very into as well but she does wear them vibrant five finger toes which can't get me head around um <laughs> this is all weird man. everyone has their flaw um so yeah um one last one i'm going to shout out my own garms which is the podcast that i am going to start doing very very soon oh, um, was I my own garms yeah it's a placeholder at the moment um but i'm getting the i've got the music sorted i've got the graphic design sorted i've got some sick people coming on and that's going to be my podcast um that's from a wiley oh. lyric actually my own garms um, oh, Jamie go. and Wiley you gotta send me the song where it's from it's, it's called a good no, one oh it's, it's a banger one. man yeah it's okay, a slammer it's called No Qualms <laughs> check that one out that's a good introduction to both Jamie and Wiley actually so that's two birds oh. with one stone um, 
so yeah, that's going to be starting within the next three or four months. I've, I've, I've uh, been incubating it for a long time. I've never really, although I've been podcasting for like six or seven years, I've never mm-hmm. done the speaking on it apart You've from just one been podcast. Behind, behind yeah, the camera. I've been doing the, yeah, so I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to bite the bullet and, and do some proper interviews with people that I think are interesting. I've got interesting relationships with clothes. Yeah, um, that's cool. Hey, um, back off. <laughs> All's fair in love and warfare, Say man. You're going down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to speak to fashiony people, really. I'm going to speak to kind of actors and musicians that I've um, connected yeah, with over yeah, the yeah. years through my other work. So, Good. yeah, just keep it that way. <laughs> Be a shame if something happened to that podcast studio. <laughs> yeah, man, I could do a lot with this screen recording I've just done as well. So. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I I also have three since we're doing this today. Let's do it. First one is going to be outfits to get laid in. (laughs) It is Andrew Richards, friend of the pod, and two of his friends just started this page where they just post like, I can't tell if they're fake or if they're real. I mean, they definitely are mostly real, but then, okay, so like this one, outfit number 13 posted by Andrew is capital visvim fit right but then he also has like a jersey mike sub a katana and the joe rogan podcast and that's his outfit to get laid in right and it's just crazy stuff like that it's really fun um i can't see that um, people who people who just look at you and think what the fuck's that if you're wearing visvim like that's um it's a very <laughs> niche field that you're trying to appeal to i think yeah but I, I just i think it's a fun little page to follow uh next up aimable underscore i believe just one underscore cs is Jerome and I believe one, two shoe ball have started a like creative studio. Okay. That's what aimable underscore CS stands for. And they just did the, um, uh, the Fasuna shirt or Fasuna, whichever one that if you saw like the topography on it, looks super cool. They've done that. Uh, they made the design for it. So give cool us stuff, the maybe. handle one more time, dude. Aimable. Aimable. Like, aimable. CS. Okay. Uh, a-I-M-A-B-L-E. Right. Aimable. Sorry, yeah. oh, this is terribly boring. I'm sure everyone else has managed <laughs> to spell good. it. I'm having a this fucking is nightmare. People. This is for the people. All right, sound. Yeah, I've got it. Sweet. Yeah, they just designed that shirt oh, that is for sick, man. Also, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, I'd love to buy it. I don't know if it's going to be French only, but anyway. Last one is going to be Native Habitat Project. Just started following them. It's a guy who... Uh, walks around talking about native plants, native animals, talking about the benefits of rewilding your lawn and taking back areas for native plants. Um, he has convinced me to start gorilla gardening. Yeah, mate. All which about is that. sick. And See, I've, I've been on my, uh, my walks with my dog. I've been finding spots where it's like, yeah, this area doesn't get cut. Maybe it's owned by like two neighborhoods or something. And so I can just like, sprinkle some seeds down there, watch them grow. So I just have to find a, a, um, a retailer or someone who actually is selling real native wildflower seeds and not uh, just yeah. generic, or maybe they have some invasive species in there. You have to just make sure you're, if you're going to try to do the right thing, you have to make sure it's actually the right thing and you're not hurting <laughs> it more. I can't imagine bees are that fussy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But it is also like native habitat is what you want to, what you want to, um oh my gosh i can't speak today i know what you mean indeed indeed (laughs) yeah like my my entire backyard is covered with ivy 
and it looks really pretty, but it's also not native and it's extremely invasive and it's crawling yeah. up all the trees and killing them. Chokes so, everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Anyway. Yeah, that's what I got for you. I always follow all your recommendations on there, so they're super actually, valuable. I, I actually do. Well, yeah, I try to keep if it... I, could, I try to keep spell it... Yeah, <laughs> I try to keep it to like pages that maybe people don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Nice, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure, dude. Yeah. Great to connect, as they say in the business. Oh, yes. Great. Please make your connection. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sorry it's been like almost a year probably since the last time we spoke, but I don't even know if I had my camera on last time we spoke, did I? Or was I, I like, really fact, into the... Like the great and terrible Oz, you revealed yourself partway through the conversation. So you know, really... it, was, uh, it was very dramatic, actually. Yeah, I think that's when I was just starting and I was really like, I was really nervous about people seeing what I look like because I thought it was a really big deal to stay anonymous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, well, your secret's safe with me, dude. As Hopefully. long as you want to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. That's very ominous of you to say that, but thank you. It was. I delivered it ominously as well. I'm sorry. Yeah.